T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey guys, it's Ross Tucker from Home and Home. Thanks for listening to our podcast. This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Major League Baseball must be happy that it is NFL season. It has allowed somehow, some way, the massive and ever-growing sign-stealing scandal to largely be swept under the carpet in terms of the sports conversation across the country, but it ain't going away. It's only spreading to other organizations like the Red Sox and the Mets. Let's talk about it with the former Houston Astros pitcher, a World Series champion from 2008 with the Phillies, and most importantly for this conversation, my Little League baseball teammate, Brad Lights Out Lidge. Now, next time, Brad, we need you on video because I'm going to put up a picture of you <laughs> and me in Little League with the Bruins, our glory days. Man, it was a long time ago. Good to have you on the program. All my years in journalism and broadcasting, I have never interviewed you once. You can tell, you can tell Ross Tucker how terrible I was as a baseball player. <laughs> Oh, Dave, first of all, it's great to be on with you, buddy, and, and, uh, and to rekindle some memories. Yes, we, we actually, I don't know, I felt like we had a pretty darn good uh, Arapaho Youth League team, uh, the AYL Bruins, and, and I think we did a pretty good job. So I remember you being pretty good. I think you're cutting yourself a, a little short there. But um, overall, pretty talented squad. I definitely, at that point, was, was not in the top half of the players on our team, I'm pretty sure. And I think you were. So I'll give you some I'll give you some props right there. And uh, by the way, Dave was a was a pretty good little quarterback back in the day as well. So uh, you know we, we kind of uh, we made our way from from sport to sport. And I and I'm proud to say that I don't remember uh, uh, us using any electronic equipment to to steal signs at baseball those days. <laughs> How widespread is this sign stealing scandal? What should Major League Baseball do about it? Yeah, well, I think I think honestly, at the moment, I think teams, probably a lot of teams, have dabbled in and out of doing it during the course of a season uh, until maybe another team catches on or it becomes too obvious and, and guys say, oh, maybe we need to back off. Like somebody might catch us doing that. The Houston Astros and you know the 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 damning videotape, if you watch it, is is pretty. It's pretty bad. I mean, it's it's so aggressively like you know we don't care. This is wrong. Uh, we're going to do it anyway. It's it, it, it's surprising. It's a little bit shocking. Now, in 2017, we know the Red Sox are trying to use the you know the iWatch or the Apple Watch or whatever in their uh, in their dugout. So we know that other teams were doing this as well. Uh, the Red Sox were caught fairly early. How long the Astros were able to do it, no one really knows quite exactly yet. Um, but I would have to say that probably <laughs> I, I don't I don't even want to throw a number out there, but uh, definitely more than a handful of teams. Um, we're trying to figure out ways to use uh, electronic devices to 
uh, to be able to get an edge. And, and I think that, you know, obviously this is something in baseball where it's like, oh, well, if everyone was doing it, is it really that big of a deal? It, it is a big deal. Um, you know, there, everyone accepts the fact that uh, if a pitcher is tipping pitches, you know, so be it. If, if a guy's able to relay signs in from second base because the catcher's uh, making things too obvious when he's putting his fingers down, so be it. But when you're using, uh, you know, cameras and, and, you know, video cameras in center field and relaying signals electronically, then, then we've really just kind of done, done something pretty bad here. And, and, and teams are um, – here's the thing. Like, if you're a player on a team and you hear that other teams are doing that – and then somebody comes to you and says, hey, we can do it too. Check it out. It's going to be pretty hard for you to sit back and say, oh, you know what? No, I'm going to take the high road. I, I want to hit uh, you know, 250 while the rest of the league hits 300 because I'm, I'm a very ethical person. You would hope that everyone would do that. But in truth, it's just not the way things work out. And if you hear that other teams are doing something, then you're going to want that edge. I mean, baseball players obviously are so competitive, as all professional athletes are, but also – Every professional athlete is always looking for a little edge here or there, and if they can get it, uh, they're going to try and figure out how to do that. And if you hear that other people are doing it, then it's probably like, well, what's Major League Baseball going to do? Punish the entire league? They can't do that. So let's just go ahead and do it. Um, and I think that, unfortunately for the Houston Astros, they are the ones at the end of the day that got caught. Uh, you know, the Red Sox did get cat, uh, caught a little bit, but it seemed to blow over pretty fast, and it was almost like, Oh, we're in this new day and age, and we just have to throw out some rules about what's okay and what's not okay. That's not okay. Okay, let's turn the page. Whereas the Houston Astros one seems largely egregious right now, and I, um, I think MLB has every day that passes that that there's not some kind of consequence or some kind of repercussion for this is uh, is a difficult thing because I'll tell you, I mean honestly, we have so many callers on my radio show that that, that want to ask about what is going to be the penalty for this. Just tell us what the penalty is. So we can move on in our minds so that we can understand MLB is doing something and that this won't happen again. There needs to be some repercussions handed out as soon as possible. So I guess my question, Brad, would be Dave has read over the last couple weeks or whatever the home road splits for the Astros in 2017. And they hit the ball a lot better on the road than they did at home. So I'm wondering what the explanation for that could possibly be and why this thing evidently didn't help them as much as you would think it would. Well, that's, that's a heck of a good question. And, uh, you know, I wish I could, could give you the best answer for that. I think baseball is just kind of crazy sometimes and that, um, that things don't always play out. Even if you have the sign, sometimes, you know, your certain matchups just aren't working as well. Um, you know, sometimes you're more comfortable in certain other places. I don't know exactly, you know, how to how to quantify that. Um, how long of a stretch maybe they did or did not have the ability to 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 get the signs from center field and relay them to their hitters by banging on trash cans. Um, but that being said, there's no doubt that they did it. And as I also said, the evidence is very convincing. So, um, you know, if you're caught once. Uh, it, it's, it's too late. You know, so even if it just happened for one game um, and it didn't really affect their home road splits because, um, you know, it was a short duration, well, that's, that's fine. But it, it still happened, and it still is, is very obvious that it did. Talking to Brad Lidge, won a World Series with the Phillies 2008, went 41 for 41 in saves that season with the Phillies. Your career ended in 2012. Were you aware of electronic sign stealing then? And what was your reaction when you heard the story, when you heard what Mike Fires had to say? Was this something that was widely known? 
So oh, it was not something that was widely known, and and I was I was pretty surprised. Yes, I was very surprised actually that Mike Fire said anything because you know baseball doesn't happen very often where you kind of call out your your former teammates and um, you know I, I get his rationale and reasoning to a certain extent. It's just still very uncommon. You don't see guys you know kind of say now that I'm not with the squad, I'm going to say the things that they. Uh, we're doing it, you know, maybe if you go to a new team and you say, hey, make sure when there's a runner on second base, you know, I remember my, my teammates used to used to relay signs in really well. You got to be really careful. That makes sense. Uh, but to to kind of say it in that way was surprising. In 2012, when I my last year, um, I honestly there wasn't a whole lot of any electronic sign stealing going on then that I was aware of. You're always hearing about certain teams. Uh, you know, finding ways to relay signs, uh, you know, when you, when you play certain teams at home and they're doing great that year, you always are wondering, are they relaying signs in somehow? Are they getting some kind of advantage somehow? But, you know, it wouldn't have been done electronically, I don't believe, at that point. I think it would just be too difficult to do with, with electronics, I guess, at that point. I don't think they would, you know, the advancements in technology over the last years were, were quite affecting baseball yet. Um, so I, I was not aware of anything when, when I left the game. Talking to Brad Lidge, former Astros, former Phillies pitcher, won a World Series in 2008 with Philadelphia. Hall of Fame names uh, came out yesterday. Derek Jeter probably gets the second unanimous uh, selection to the Hall of Fame. Curious about three guys. That's Kurt Schilling, Barry Bonds, and Roger Clemens. Will any of them get in? Boy, I think I think they're all going to be pretty close. And, uh, you know, Clemens and Bonds for many, many years, are continuing to trend toward that Hall of Fame. Um, I, I think this year they're probably going to be right up against it. You know, last year they didn't necessarily go up a, a ton, um, but I think at the end of the day, people are very like it, it's it's the ones that that are egregious and like the, the same sources of the world that we all feel comfortable with saying, oh, you know, PEDs were done, uh, and we're not going to vote for that guy. Well, in some cases, uh, and, and I guess it's just the case, really, with Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. I mean, you're, you're talking about two guys that were um, that were so good for so long, and, and the speculated time of when they potentially took PEDs seems to be in the latter part of their career when their numbers really became uh, outrageous. And I think that people look at them and say, but you know what, they were Hall of Famers before then, so we feel comfortable voting for them. I think we're going to continue to see them trend toward it, but I don't think they're going to be in it this year. Um, even though they're going to be very close. Maybe next year is the year. And for Kurt Schilling, I think he does have a very good chance this year because, you know, you mentioned Jeter, and, and he should get 100% of the votes after Mariano Rivera did. It only makes sense. Um, and I think this is a year, not a ton of other guys that you're circling. I mean, you know, it's one of those deals where, even though it doesn't make a ton of sense, sometimes voters, guys that are Hall of Fame, uh, and somebody like Schilling might be affected in a negative way. Uh, if there was four or five guys on that ballot that were no doubters, but they're not. So I think that that actually helps out a guy like Schilling. I think more people are going to look at his case. You know, every year these voters, and we talk to them all the time, you know, they go back and they look at the numbers and they're kind of like, well, you know, for, for certain guys, maybe maybe it was a little bit better than we thought. Maybe I'm going to switch my mind this year or change my mind this year. You very rarely see guys go the opposite direction and get less votes. So I think for a guy like Schilling, this could, this could potentially be the year. Hey, guys, it's Ross Tucker from Home on Home. As you all know, hiring can be a challenge, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. Cafe El Toro COO Dylan Miskowitz experienced how challenging hiring can be. 
after unsuccessfully searching for a director of coffee for his organic coffee company. But then he switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. And you can too by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates faster. In fact, after posting his job to ZipRecruiter, Dylan said he was amazed by how quickly great candidates were applying and found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ziprecruiter.com enter. That's ziprecruiter.com E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey guys, it's Ross Tucker from Home and Home. Thanks for listening to our podcast. This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Frank Garcia, former NFL offensive lineman, now host at WFNZ in Charlotte. Frank, good to talk to you. It's Dave Briggs. It's Ross Tucker. Want to get all into Cam Newton, but what do you make of the NFL holding a pro day for 32-year-old Colin Kaepernick at 3 o'clock on a Saturday in Atlanta? Yeah, you know, everybody's going to you know want to see what this guy is able to do and uh, if he still has a little bit of gas left in the tank. And, you know, obviously he's a talented guy. Uh, you know, the distractions aside, can he still play is going to be the biggest question. It's been three years. So, um, you know, when he played last, he did all right. Uh, he, he had some success, maybe not the success that the Niners wanted him to have, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can still sling it around. And, uh, you know, as Ross knows, that soreness and then, you know, how, how quickly that goes away because, uh, you know, there's nothing you can really do to prepare for the game outside of football. While we're on that topic, Frank, uh, can Cam Newton still play? You know, Ross, that's a great question, buddy, because I'm going to tell you, um, you don't get 
you don't get younger or feel better as you get older in this league. And it's, uh, it's becoming a pattern, unfortunately, with Cam, um, you know, with his, whether it's his shoulder, now his foot, you know, his ankle. There's a lot of different injuries that are starting to surmount. And we're talking about a quarterback that plays the position differently than anybody else and has played the position. If, if we took the, the QB away from Cam and put an RB in front of it, you know, we'd be talking about, man, I mean, he's, he's getting near the end of his career. But the fact that he has that QB and we see Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Drew Brees and what they're doing into their 40s, you know, we expect this guy to go out there and, and be able to bounce back. I mean, that's going to be up to Cam physically, uh, you know, whether he wants to. But emotionally, you know, those things are going to factor into this as well because these guys are making genera- generational type of money. And, um, you know, that's where, you know, only Cam can answer that question. But I do think that he's done here in Carolina. Got a $19 million cap number next season. Ian Rappaport reports that Cam would, quote, welcome a trade to the Bears if they're in the market for a quarterback this offseason. Do you sense that he still has the hunger? Let's set the talent aside. Does he have the hunger to go to a new place and start over? I think that's probably going to be what he would crave the most is a new start. You know, you get stagnant being in one place and you feel like you maybe have done everything you can, you know, with that organization. You have an MVP. You took him to a Super Bowl. And the thing that Cam's always wanted to be is an icon and an entertainer. He made that statement very clear. Uh, you know, the way that he can conducts himself, he carries his business. He likes the attention. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, a lot of times a fresh start is what new, what guys need. And I mean, that may be what, uh, you know, what Cam needs. I, I remember a guy, you know, Kerry Collins kind of making that same, you know, a statement and, uh, you know, here with the Panthers early in the nineties when him and Dom Capers kind of had that uh, falling out and uh, he, he needed a new start. He ended on having a 17 year career, you know, went to, you know, several different teams, but had a lot more success maybe with the giants and the Raiders and he, and the Titans than he did here with the Panthers. So, you know, for Cam, he's had a ton of success. Um, I could very easily see him in LA, you know, play, maybe playing for the chargers down in Miami for the dolphins or even Chicago in one of these bigger markets where he can go out there and establish a bigger and more, uh, you know, more, you know, a bigger and better brand. Frank, it sounds like you think he wants to go somewhere else and the Carolina Panthers are ready to move on. I mean, if that's the case, then this should be a done deal, right? Well, yeah, I mean, that's what you would think. And, uh, you know, Ross, you know this as well as I do. And, you know, I'm sure that Dave does as well that, uh, you know, this is uh, about how much you can get and maybe what you're asking and, um, you know, how hot of a commodity is he? Um, I think there's a lot of people that are probably waiting to see, you know, what this injury looks like, if he's going to be able to bounce back, if he wants to play football. You know, those are the questions I'm sure that a lot of people are asking right now. And, um, you know, the doctors are going to determine that. Cam's ultimately going to have the final say, um, you know, but when you start looking at the money and factoring all the other things into it, I mean, it's a no-brainer to me if you're the Carolina Panthers when you have other guys that you need to pay, like Bradbury, like Shaq Thompson, you know, guys that, you know, maybe Christian McCaffrey here in the near future, finding a left tackle, those things cost money. And when the guy that, uh, you know, may not be able to do what he was able to do in 2015 can't recreate that, and you're making the lion's share of the money, um, your, your team's not going to get any better. So, you know, that position has to make guys around them better if you're going to have sustained success. You know, just look at what Tom Brady's done. You know, uh, you know guys like that. I know not everybody's Tom Brady, but um, you, you, if you're going to make the lion's share of the money and eat up the cap, then you better be able to produce like that. 
Talking to Frank Garcia, former NFL offensive lineman, now host of WFNZ in Charlotte. You can catch them anytime on the radio.com app. Frank, a lot of this depends upon what the Carolina Panthers think they have in Kyle Allen. We talked to the folks from Pro Football Focus earlier, where he grades as the 31st best quarterback in the NFL right now. What do you think they have? And do the Panthers think they've found their next starting quarterback? Yeah, I mean, Trent Dilfer uh, has evaluated him. He's seen him up close. You know, he didn't think that he was a franchise quarterback. But, you know, I, I guess my argument would be, who would you rather have, you know, playing quarterback for you, Jake DeLome or Jay Cutler or Jeff George, if we want to go back a little bit further? I mean, these guys are franchise guys. They have cannons for an arm. But maybe the teams don't follow those players as well as they do the leadership of what you did with a guy like Jake or even Trent Dilfer himself that won a championship with the Ravens. So, you know, I think that's the things that they're still kind of factoring into it. I mean, right now, let's say this team goes nine and seven, which I think is very realistic. You know, he would have a nine and five record as a starting quarterback this year. If you ask any other rookie, those expectations, that's pretty good. Um, you look at what he's able to do. We evaluate that position as fans on the outside, maybe a little differently than the coaches and the GMs do on the inside. They hold each player accountable for what their responsibilities are, making the right reads, getting rid of the ball on time, clock management, organizing, you know, all the things that, you know, that, that, that goes into playing that position, distributing the football equally to all your players, finding your playmakers, leadership, you know, the things that all that we can't really count for with pro football focus and those are the things that they see in that locker room. Are the guys playing for them? Are they fighting for them? Are they giving 100% effort for them? And, you know, ultimately it comes down to whether he can make the plays and the throws. I think Green Bay he, was probably his best game. They had every opportunity to make it. He might not be the most athletic guy. He's got to learn, learn to work within the pocket. But those things come with experience. Those things come with time. And I think that, uh, you know, those are going to be things that uh, the Panthers are still evaluating with him as the season goes along. Yeah, I got to tell you, Frank, uh, Dave and I kind of disagree on I, I like everything I've seen from Kyle Allen so far. I mean, I, I, do I think he's the best quarterback ever? Maybe not, but he's an undrafted kid that has stepped into a situation. They played very well. I thought even Sunday in the snow in Green Bay was overall a favorable evaluation of him. I'm not mm -hmm. sure. I think they have a better record than they would if they had Cam in there. I, I don't really see what the problem is. I, you know. I'm not ready to commit to Kyle Allen on a five-year, $100 million deal, but to me, he certainly has earned the right to not only start the rest of this year, but based on how that goes, maybe at least compete to be the guy next year. I completely agree with you, Ross. I mean, he's a guy that I put myself in under center. You know, you probably put yourself over there at tackle and say, God, would I fight for this guy? Would he, would, would he command my, my respect? And the answer is absolutely yes. He's done everything that's been asked of. He's a guy that goes out there that's stepped up to the challenge when he's been asked to. He's been a leader of this team. This team fights for him. You know, he's getting his playmakers the ball and Christian McCaffrey and Curtis Samuel. And sometimes, you know, when you're not paying that guy, you can build in other places and strengthen the core of the team. And I think that's what the Panthers will have an opportunity to do if they decide to go forward with Kyle Allen as their quarterback. I think he's done everything they've asked as an undrafted guy. He's a rookie, for, per se, because of his inexperience coming into a situation um, where a lot of people probably discarded him and saying the Panthers' season is done and he's winning you know, football, football games. Um, it's going to be – you know, interesting to see how you know he plays against the Falcons and the Saints. You know, coming up, but right now, uh, up to this point, 
you know, I think he's he's uh, you know stood his ground formidably and uh, done everything that's asked of him. So I think he's earned himself another chance to at least compete for that job next year. And you know, that's what the draft is for, and maybe even free agency if they feel like that they don't have that guy. I like everything about Kyle Allen. I don't love it. And for me, it's about if I'm dating a girl, is she worthy of a ring? And if I'm an NFL team, is he going to win me a ring? Therein lies my distinction with Kyle Allen between some of the other guys. But want to move on to the Panthers uh, this past weekend against Green Bay. A, a tough, gutty performance. But did Aaron Jones expose the Achilles heel? Is it the run defense? Absolutely. I mean, I think if you're going to look at this team and ask the reason why they're losing games, it's about matchups. You know, I made the point this morning on, on the, my show that, you know, when you start looking at, you know, where this team is at, this team is not built to maybe compete against the San Francisco 49ers or the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau when it's 10 degrees outside. Uh, they're, 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 they've changed defenses. Luke Keekley has been maybe um, shuffled and put behind a little bit because of the scheme change. Um, you know, you're having guards on him right away, those types of things. But this run defense is sub suspect at best. I think they're 28th in the league, you know, as, as far as yards per game. Uh, I think they're near to the end of uh, last, uh, you know, 32nd when it comes to red zone touchdowns. Um, you know, they've given up more rushing touchdowns than any other team. So if you can't stop the run in this league, um, you're going to have a tough time. In the last three games, they've given up 550 yards around, around there and, and 10 touchdowns. You have to be able to stop the run. You know, that being said, they play in a division where teams throw the ball everywhere. And you look at the Falcons and you look at the Saints and you, know, you look at those two teams. Uh, this team has gotten more pressure on quarterbacks than they have, but, uh, you know, they haven't been able to stop the run. And I think that's ultimately going to bite them in the butt. Frank, I want to go back to Cam for a second. Um, you know, last time I saw him play, I think it was a Thursday night game maybe or a Monday night game. He finished the game. I mean, he didn't play great, but he looked – healthy to me he looked okay next thing you know they're like uh his foot's bothering him then he doesn't play it's like two months later now there's talk of maybe having surgery there's he's not going to play this year unless he's a hundred percent like what what have you felt what is the deal with his health because you know the deal usually if you finish a game you're probably healthy enough to at least give it a go the next week. Meanwhile, we haven't even seen this guy again. He's done. You know, Ross, I mean, I can't answer for him personally, but I can put myself in his shoes and know that if I'm hurting the team and I come to that reality or that realization that I'm hurting the team, then I might be better off, you know, to take a step back. I don't know if that's the way he processed that final game or not, but I agree with you. He looked like, after the game, to me, he looked like he was mentally defeated. And I've not seen that look out of Cam. I mean, we can put the towel over the head and, you know, the disappointment and those type of things. But, you know, injuries are tough, you know, to, to come back from over and over. And this is another one. It's a guy that's overcome a car accident, had shoulder surgery, and had ankle surgery. He doesn't like to get surgery. And then coming to that realization is that, this is bothering me. I, I'm hurting the team. I want to be out here for them but I'm hurting them more than I'm helping them. And, uh, you know, having that conversation with a coach, you know, is, is, you know, a difficult, you know, difficult thing to have for a competitor. But I think that maybe that's where Cam, you know, came to the conclusion that uh, he's just not right. He can't go. And, uh, you know, maybe it's just time for a change because of, 
you know, all the things that he's gone through here. Last question, Frank, as it relates to Cam and Kyle Allen, for that matter, who's making the decision there in Carolina? I mean, is it Ron? Is it Marty Herney? Or is this an ownership decision with the new owner and David Tepper? You know, that's a great, great question, Ross, because we we're so unknown with Tepper and how he's going to be as an owner. We all think that he's coming from this pedigree, you know, with the Steelers, that he's going to be patient and he's going to, we don't know. I mean, we know, you know, he's made billions of dollars being an aggressive businessman and taking chances and taking risks. and He wants to be successful. We know those things, but what does that equate to as far as his interaction, you know, with the coaching staff or the general manager, they're not his guys. Um, you know, but has have they done a good job? I think they have. You ask any quarterback or any coach or, or GM, you know, what their record it might be starting the season after you lose your starting quarterback, you're going you're gonna to have a tank season. The Panthers have continued to fight. They haven't given up on Ron, minus the, the Niner game. They bounced back the week after. I think that's an testament to, to Ron. Um, you know, Marty Herney finding, you know, Kyle Allen is a testament to, you know, him – Finding a diamond in the rough potentially, maybe not going to be a franchise guy, but a guy that can play and play well when asked to, uh, and and be consistent. Um, you know what he's going to be held accountable for, or maybe the run defense and some of those decisions they made to change the scheme on the defensive side. But ultimately, I think that if you're the Carolina Panthers, there's still a lot of time left to figure out, you know, where this organization is going to go and what direction they're going to go with. If they continue to fight and compete, I think Ron's safe. I think Marty's safe. If they fall off the planet and, you know, end up 6-10, and 10, you know, something like that, then, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to have a, a, probably a different discussion at the end of the year. Frank Garcia, former NFL offensive lineman, last question is, I don't know if you saw it late last night, 6'5", 275-pound offensive lineman for Ohio, did a cartwheel on the field at the snap on Tuesday night football at your peak in your prime. Could you do a cartwheel? I could do a cartwheel right now at 47 years old. And I, and you're, you're sitting right next to a guy that is probably one of the more athletic guys. He might be able to do a backflip. So these big, these big hoss, hoss honking guys, uh, we're not as big and fat as we seem. We're, we're a little bit more athletic than you give us credit for. <laughs> not true. Ross Tucker refused to try one and said he can't do it. I don't want to blow Ross? out my elbow. I'm taking no chances of blowing out my elbow or shoulder to entertain this goofball. <laughs> I can completely understand that's a good decision, Ross. We're probably too old for that stuff. Dude, if you do it on social media, we would love to see that here on Home and Home. Frank Garcia, WFNZ. Follow him at Frank Garcia 65 Great pleasure having you. Come back and hang out with us, Frank. Anytime, guys. I appreciate you. Thanks, All right. Frank. Thanks, brother. Come on, yeah, Ross. No you can do it, buddy. You can Come on, do Ross. it. No, I don't think so. Cody Decker here from Swings and Misses, the Radio.com Sports Original, here to talk to you about 4hims.com. 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. I'm 32 years old, and I've been taking hymns for about three and a half months, and I'm getting incredible results. My hairline's coming back thicker and fuller than it has in years. Even Frosty has grown his hair back this winter. 4hims.com. There are no snake oil pills or gas station over-the-counter supplements. They're prescription solutions backed by science. No more awkward in-person doctor visits or long pharmacy lines. 4hims connects you with real doctors online, which could save you hours. It's completely confidential and 
and discreet. You answer a few quick questions, the doctor will review and they'll determine whether or not Hims is right for you. This holiday season, let it grow, let it grow, let it grow with Hims. Try Hims today by starting out with a free online visit. Go to forhims.com slash swings. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash swing. Prescription products are subject to doctor's approval and require online consultation with a physician who will determine if the prescription is appropriate. See website for full details and safety information. This could cost you hundreds you went to a doctor or pharmacy in person. Remember, forhims.com slash swings. Now is the time in the show where I tell you about my good buddy, Dylan Miskowitz. And more importantly, I tell you about ZipRecruiter and his wonderful experience with ZipRecruiter. Cafe El Toro COO Dylan Miskowitz experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a director of coffee for his organic coffee company. But then he switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. And you can too by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates faster. In fact, after posting his job to ZipRecruiter, Dylan said he was amazed by how quickly great candidates were applying and found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Let's talk with another Boston legend, though. Kendrick Perkins about the start of the NBA season. He's a radio.com NBA insider. Perk, it's Dave Briggs. It's Ross Tucker. Great to have you, my friend. Dave, Ross, thanks for having me on. All right, man. So I got to ask you about Zion Williamson. Six to eight weeks, torn meniscus surgery, and you hear the name Greg Oden thrown around. Is this just six to eight weeks, might miss 20 games, or do you have greater concerns about the career durability of the most anticipated NBA star since LeBron? Well, you know, one thing I, I, I've seen about Zion is that he, he's he's NBA ready. Um, I don't have major concerns about this one issue. Um, you know, I know he's under a great organization. He's under great hands when dealing with, with David Griffin. I love Griff over there for him and Alvin Gentry. Um, I love the way the Pelicans are rebuilding things and the way their culture is going. So I'm not overly concerned. Um, the kid looked like, to me, and my, from the outside looking in, he looks like he's a true professional. I said this before the season, though. He's going to have to lose weight. Um, you know, playing at these, the, playing, at, playing the minutes that he's going to be playing this NBA season, he has to drop the weight, man. He has to. It's a must. And not saying that this is, you know, part of the problem, but, you know, it's a lot different from when you're playing in college, man. You know, you're playing every other day or every night in the NBA, and those type of minutes wear and tear on your body. And, and, you know, we all know Zion is a big boy, but he, he has to lose weight. But I'm not overly concerned that this could be possibly a Greg Oden situation. So, Perk, that's interesting to me. Like, he weighs supposedly 285. 
but he's Ooh. all muscle. So my question <laughs> is, how much weight would you like to see him lose? And what do you tell him just to like stop lifting weights? I mean, it's not like he's fat. It's just muscle. Well, I mean, it's 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 a fine line. I mean, you know, two eighty five, you know, to be six five, six six, that's still pretty heavy for a basketball player. You want to be as lean as possible. You know, obviously, his advantage is one of his advantages besides his athleticism is his brute strength. But you still want to be lean in today's game. You want to be wiry strong. So you know, if he could get down to about two sixty. 255, I think that would be a great great weight for Zion, in my opinion. Um, you know, but like you said, it's all muscle, but it's ways to trimming that down. You know, I think he, he still needs to be leaner, meaning he needs to be, you know, wiry strong, long, longer, like not more bulky style. Lakers and Clippers, is this mm-hmm. a Western Conference Finals preview to you? Yes, I believe so. Um, I think both of these teams finished one and two in the West. It could go either way. Um, I love what I've been seeing out of the Lakers in the preseason. You don't see vets like that. The way the Lakers are approaching the preseason, they're approaching the seat. They're approaching this NBA season like they're on a mission. And from the outside looking in, the way they they the way they they're veteran guys. We're talking about guys that then played over ten years in the league on their team, playing with a playing like, you know, they're guys who are trying to make a team. And that's scary because that, that tells you something. That tells you that these guys are focused. They're ready to hit the season full blast. And it's going to be a scary sight. But I do see this, these two teams in the Western Conference Finals for us right now. All right, Perk, talk to me about the Eastern Conference and, and my Sixers. Give me the good news about my Sixers. They're definitely going to the NBA Finals, right? No, they're not definitely doing nothing. Listen, <laughs> I like listen. I like the Sixers. I don't love them. I don't like the. I think they lost a. <clears throat> I think they lost big time with with losing Jimmy and losing uh, JJ Reddick. Um, you know, although Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are who they are, you know, um, I think it was a good addition and Al Horford is interesting to see how him and MB will play on the side of each other. But, you know, looking at the Sixers, man, um, they're not as, their depth is not really there for us, like just their bench. I'm still a little concerned about their shooting. Um, and, you know, Brett Brown, it's time for him to step his game up. You know, he's, He's been given several opportunities every season to prove himself, and I think a lot of pressure is on him to make sure that he put those guys in position to be successful. But far as right now, I still got Milwaukee as the favorite coming out of the East. And the great Giannis. Talking to Kendrick Perkins, who won an NBA title with the Boston Celtics, had some great years there, as well as with the Oklahoma City Thunder in a great career. So apparently you feel good about the two L.A. duos, which brings up the question of the third, Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Do you have questions about how those two work together? No, I don't. I think, once again, this is following. This season is the season where coaches going to actually have to coach. The league is finally where it needs to be. You know, it's equal throughout. And I feel like a lot of pressure is going to be on the coaches. 
Um, you know, it's gonna be a lot of pressure on Dan Tony. I I see James Harden and uh Russell Westbrook teaming up together and it's work and working fine in my eyes. But you know, think about it. You got two former MVPs teaming up in their prime, probably the most dynamic backcourt we will ever see in NBA history. And, you know, these analytics and all these other things that's going on around the league, especially with the Rockets, the Rockets going to have to adjust to Russell Westbrook. You know, we, we all know the one flaw that Russ has is that he don't shoot. He don't shoot a high number. He don't shoot a high clip from three. So we know one thing about it is that his game is the mid range around his, his pull up mid range around the free throw line. He loved his little bank shot from the little corner angles. He also, you know, he loved to post up smaller guards on the block. So I think, you know, once again, it's falling back on the coaches, man. D'Antoni has to put these guys in position to be successful. And sometimes that may means taking away from what you believe in as a coach and kind of giving in to the players. Perk, I got to ask you, man, uh, loved your game. And I, I just loved how physical you were. Uh, as a former NFL offensive lineman, I just love <laughs> that A, you were physical and B, you were mean, which I love. It's the only way sports are fun. So my first question is, I know you're from Beaumont and you're a big dude. What? Did you ever play football? Did they ever get you yeah. out there? I did play football, man. Listen, I played tight end and I played defensive end all the way up into my sophomore year. And then my high school basketball coach made me quit and told me, hey, your your uh your best opportunity is over here in uh basketball. But I actually I was all right at tight end, man. I played defensive end. I played both ways. But you know, in Texas football, man, it's a, it's it's kind of crazy out here. You know, that's a big deal. I don't think I was really ready for it. <laughs> all right, Perk, we gotta ask you a question about some comments from the great Michael Jordan to the Today Show's Craig Melvin. They were talking oh. about the, the five guys they'd want to play <laughs> pickup with. Here's what MJ, we're going to let you listen to this audio. Here's what MJ told Craig Melvin. Listen. If you could pick four guys for your pickup team, four guys that you play anybody else with, Hakeem Olajuwon, Magic Johnson, Scottie Pippen, and James Worthy. That was six years ago. Lots happened in the league in six years. Would you keep the same four? In a heartbeat. When I'm going in the trenches, I played against and with all these guys. I'm going with who I know every single night. That responsibility to go out there and represent greatness every single night. So Steph Curry shouldn't be offended when he watches this. I hope not. He's still a great player. Not a Hall of Famer yet, though. <laughs> He's not. Cheers. Cheers, my friend. I enjoyed this. Okay, Man. so, Perk, the, cheer, the cheers was his tequila. <laughs> he went out of his way to say he's not a Hall of Famer yet. Craig laughed, and then he went back to make sure he got the point. And I talked to Craig this morning. He said it didn't feel at all like he was joking. Why does Michael Jordan say Steph Curry, a three-time NBA champ, two-time MVP, is not a Hall of Famer yet? Your guess is good as mine, because when I, I – when... <laughs> When I listened to the interview, I was like, ah, MJ, I love you to death, man, but you got to give Steph credit when credit's due. He's for sure a Hall of Famer. I mean, I don't know what else he has to do, but um, you kind of, you, you know, listen, man, the old school guys that, that played before 
you know, my time and stuff like that. When you look at the Jordans, you know, the Shaqs, the Charles Barkleys, you know, they came up in a time where it was rugged, it was rough, you know, the game was physical. And and so those guys actually view the game totally different from what, you know, from how we view today's game. Just think about it. You know, it's a lot of high-scoring games. You know, back in the day, guys were scoring, you know, final scores would be 86 to 80, stuff like that. You know, these guys were actually in the trenches, you know, like he said, battling. So when, you know, when, when these older, when these, retired guys who paid the way for these for us and these the new generation man when they see us playing now they like oh no nah, he couldn't have played back in the day so more so i think that you know jordan is kind of looking at steph curry of you know could he would he have made it with the rules back in the day when jordan was playing that's the way i'm gonna take it because i can't see it no other way man steph curry is for sure a hall of famer there's no doubt about it Maybe there, maybe a little bit too much. To, what was they drinking? Tequila. Jordan has a new tequila. Pre- apparently over a hundred bucks a bottle, but I hear it's fantastic. Yeah, well, I, I, it must be, and it must work wonders, man. Because <laughs> for him to say that, <laughs> MJ was tripping a little bit. <laughs> I don't God. think it was the tequila, but I like where you're going with this, Perk. Next time we talk to you, we got to get the four guys you'd play pickup with but unfortunately we're out of time appreciate it perk all right hey thanks for having me on fellas anytime great to have kendrick perkins one of the great celtics oklahoma city thunder as well ross maybe it was the tequila that michael jordan was drinking but i don't think so no i think that's just how how jordan rolls i love by the way how perkins rolled in the nba he was legitimately mean and i love that (laughs) He could be, not that I need a bodyguard, but if I ever had to have a bodyguard, I would want Perk. He's got to be somebody bigger than me. Hey guys, it's Ross Tucker from Home and Home. Thanks for listening to our podcast. This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. You all know about the jersey swap. In fact, it's been going on since the 1930s in the sport of soccer between England and France. You've probably seen it in the NBA and the NFL with game recognizing game, typically two of the best players on their respective teams trading jerseys after the game. But with Monday being Veterans Day, a jersey swap like, frankly, we have never seen, not to my knowledge, in all of professional sports. It was between Portland Trailblazers superstar Dame Lillard and an American hero. He's with us today. Army Sergeant First Class Michael Ramage did a jersey swap with the Blazers star. And Michael joins us today on Home and Home. Good to see you, sir, and thank you for your service. It's Ross Tucker. I'm Dave Briggs. Tell me how this came about, a jersey swap between you and American hero and a Portland Trailblazers superstar. 
Hey, good morning, fellas. Uh, well, I'm no American hero. I just, uh, I'm in the army and do my job. Uh, I got on social media uh, probably two months ago after I got some courtside tickets from my uncle. Um, and I was like, wow, you know, I watched uh, Dwayne Wade last year go around and do his kind of his retirement circulation with all the teams and trade and swap jerseys. And I was, and I thought, here I have these courtside tickets. You know, this is kind of a whimsical idea, but uh, I'm going to reach out to Damian Lillard on Instagram and kind of say, hey, I'm retiring from the military after 20 years of service. Would you be interested in trading my uh, army top for your game jersey? And I just threw it out there. He's got like, you know, six, seven million followers. I didn't think it was going to happen, of course. Uh, and after like five minutes, I got a reply from him. And it was just one word. Absolutely. Um, and that was probably six to eight weeks out before the game. And then the closer the game got, uh, I, I reached out again. There was nothing. Reached out a couple more times. There was nothing. And I uh, went to the game, um, walked into, you know, probably went there about 4 p.m. to watch the shoot around and hopefully, you know, get his attention and say, hey, is this happening? Uh, I, I got courtside with my wife and he was sitting on the other side of the court um, just talking with his coaches, I guess. And I, I go, hey, Dave. And my wife, my wife was like, shut up. Act like you belong in these seats. So uh, it, it was pretty surreal. I went over to the security guard and I said, hey, on Instagram, we, we talked to each other. And he said he'd do uh, the swap. So he went over to him, kind of whispered to him, uh, you know this guy? And he, he looked over and I showed him my uniform. And he goes, I got you, man. So it was, it was crazy. Michael, that is awesome. Uh, I wanted to start by just echoing what Dave said. Thank you so much for your service and congratulations, 20 years. That's awesome. My grandfather was a sergeant for a long time in the Army. That's amazing. And I got to tell you, man, I'm not sure if that happens, if you're not as aggressive as you were, even once you got to the stadium. I, I, I think you had to yell. You had to go to the security guard. I applaud you for not being shy, man. I think that, you know, people get a lot of incoming social media stuff. He might have forgotten it. Right. I, I was because he never reached back to me. But also it, I, I was worried it got lost in the mix because so much time had passed. Um, and I'm sure people sit there on, you know, and reach out to him all the time, wanting something from him. And I didn't want to I didn't want it to be tarnished or you know by bothering him all the time so i kind of let it go um and and when i got there he i, I believe his security guard his personal security guard uh, uh is a service member so or a retired service member with 15 years in the air force so he uh has a special appreciation for uh our military vets and service members and that's why he initially said yeah i'll, I'll do that um which means a lot. Shout out to Damian Lillard for even like acknowledging my question, giving me the time of day, because I know he probably gets people wanting something from him all the time. And it wasn't really about wanting anything from him. It was being able to experience that moment that, you know, the professional athletes get to experience. And that's that, that Jersey swap. And I've never seen it done before. I've seen, you know, some players out on the court or the field take off their top and just give it to somebody in, in uniform, but I've never seen the swap. And that, and that was like the idea. And um, 
it just it just happened when he was doing his post game interview across the, uh, the the court at the end of the game. He had his headphones on and he kind of looked over us sitting there and he and he gave an acknowledgement again. Hey, I have you. Uh, and he took him off and started walking towards my wife and I. And I was like, this is, this is really going to happen. Yeah. This is Army Sergeant First Class Michael Ramage. Uh, part of your retirement, you served three tours in Iraq, one tour in Afghanistan. And to do this jersey exchange exchange with Dame Lillard, one, what does it say about him? Two, what does it mean to you? It says everything about Lillard and the type of uh, person he is, the type of player he is. He, he I mean, I, I still can't believe it. The whole moment was kind of a blur. The week's been crazy, but it, it's all because of him just giving like 10 minutes out of his time to uh, just acknowledge uh, the military in general, which which is huge. And uh, not just the military, but me as an individual. Um, it, it's amazing. It means something so much. Just besides getting the jersey, it means uh, I, I have that moment. It's tangible, you know, so forever that jersey is is going to be framed with the picture of us holding our, our uh, my uniform top and his uh, jersey together uh, I heard he was going to put it in his trophy room at his mom's house in Lake Oswego and, and that's that's crazy uh, like I said I'm I'm no hero I, I did serve three tours uh, in Iraq and Afghan one in Afghanistan but so many other vets are out there and service members are out there that have done amazing things. I'm no, I'm no uh, special soldier. Um, I'm, I think I just asked and that's why you know, I, I ended up with the jersey. A lot of people don't even ask. So it was a whimsical idea that you know came true. And last quick question is you're going to be part of another retirement tour. Carmelo Anthony is now joining your Portland Trailblazers. Are you happy about that? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> Portland, uh, Portland has just had this long history of uh, they've hit some rough roads. Uh, I think Carmelo has a couple, you know, maybe a season or two left in his tank. And uh, that might be the piece of the recipe that uh, Portland needs to, you know, there's they're riddled with injuries this year and they need a, uh, a big guy to get in there that can hit mid range. So I'm pretty excited about it. Maybe you can get yourself another jersey, buddy. They're four and eight. They could use the help. Thank you for your service. Army Sergeant First Class Michael Ramage. We appreciate the time and, of course, the service to our country. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Great to have you, sir. We know hiring's not easy. We know it's a challenge. That's why you got to do what my guy Dylan did. Cafe El Toro COO Dylan Miskowitz experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a director of coffee for his organic coffee company. But then he switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. And you can too by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates faster. In fact, after posting his job to ZipRecruiter, Dylan said he was amazed by how quickly great candidates were applying and found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. 
See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ziprecruiter.com enter. That's ziprecruiter.com E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hi, everyone. This is Dave Briggs. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 